Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to spend some time with us today. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader that will not only inspire, but also equip you. And today is no exception. Today, we've got Pastor Chad Asman with us. He's from Heritage Church. This is a fantastic church you should be following along with. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. It was founded in the year 2000. Chad, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for the invite, Rich. Oh, I'm looking forward to this this conversation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the church? Kind of tell us a bit of the story and talk about your role. What's uh, your executive pastor, which we love. We love executive pastors here at Dunn Seminary, but kind of tell us how that role shakes out for you. Yeah. So Heritage Church started in uh, the year 2000. Uh, it actually started out of a church here called Bethany Baptist, and um, it was more to the northern part of the county here in Michigan. We're just, uh, just north of Detroit, and it was, you know, the Bethany was closer to Detroit. So there was a group of basically a youth group that decided, mm. you know, what, we want to reach the northern suburbs. And so mm. they planted Heritage Church uh, in a school and mm. they were growing great. They were, they were doing well for about six, seven years. Then they realized that uh, they needed to, to figure out somebody who was going to lead them in the future. And mm. they sought out uh, a lead pastor because the uh, founding pastor he was asked to write a job description for a, a family ministries pastor, and he decided he wanted to take that job. Okay. <laughs> so, That's yes. interesting. Oh, so, yes. Wow. So they were left with, the elders were left with a little bit of a conundrum, and uh then they reached out, and that's when Pastor Jeff Forrester came to Heritage Church. And ever since then, it's been riding a rocket ship. And uh, I joined, it was, in fact, it was 10 years yesterday. 10 year anniversary oh, for me here at Heritage. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> I actually met uh, Jeff as an architect. So mm. Heritage was getting ready to go from the school. They were running 6700. They were growing. Things were going great. And they needed a building. And mm. so they sought after uh, my services as an architect. Uh, mm. At the same time, I was working at a, a, another church in the area uh, mm -hmm. as operations over family ministries. And right. so just doing double duty. You know, because when you're a pastor, you know, often you have to have a side hustle. So <laughs> sure. architecture is yes. my thing. And, okay, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So we built a great relationship. And after that, uh, he actually called me at 1147 at night. And I was like, whoa, 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 it just fell down. What, fell what down? happened? What happened? Yeah, what yeah happened? exactly. And he goes, no, 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 we just got done with our elders meeting. I was wondering if you would come on and be the executive pastor. Wow. And Huge compliment for someone who's done some work on the side and helped the church to say, hey, why don't you come join our team? That's amazing. It was, it, it was, it was great. And I just loved, um, you know, Jeff and I had built a great friendship and, mm -hmm. you know, that's the, that's the core. When it comes to being an executive pastor, I always feel like you have to have that friendship with the, mm. with the lead pastor because, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of in it. You're, you know, you're band of mm -hmm. brothers, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that for me, the best way to describe what I do here at Heritage is uh, as Jeff would say, it, he would say that he's always planning a mission to Mars. Yes. And I'm always building the rockets. Oh, nice. And usually at Heritage Church, I'm building the rockets in midair. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of a fast, fluid, and flexible organization. 
Yeah, love it. This is so great. Looking forward to kind of digging in. You know, a part of uh, being a fast, fluid, and flexible organization is, you know, really how do you address the the leadership pressures in a, a situation like that? I think so many churches are, uh, you know, dealing with uh, how do we have enough leaders? How do we build them? How do we ensure that that, uh, that continues to expand? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how, what that looks like for you at Heritage? How, how are you um, helping to kind of build the leadership structure to support uh, the desire to kind of be a church that's making a difference and growing? and impacting uh, your part of the world? Well, I'll tell you what, leadership pipeline is like the unicorn in church ministry. (laughs) You want to build a great leadership pipeline. And at Heritage, one of the visions we put out there was just that, you know, we don't just want to be a leadership pipeline for future leaders at Heritage, but also for Mm. anybody else in the area. Because it's not like there's a bunch of people out in the United States or out throughout the world that are going, yes, I need to come to Michigan to plant a church or to be in, in, a, in a church place. So sure, we're trying to identify who, you know, the talent and the, the leaders that are present here and how do we grow them. And it all mm. starts with culture. Culture mm-hmm. is a big focus at Heritage. And mm. uh, so we work really hard at developing our culture here so that leaders would be attracted to Heritage Church and then Love we it. can grow them from there. Let, why don't we talk about that? When you think about culture at Heritage, uh, what would be some of those kind of pillars or some of those things that you've done that have been like, mm, this has really helped us drive that that culture deep? I think there's a lot of people who would identify what you, you said there, that they would say, hey, our part of the country, we're not Southern California. We're not the kind of place where necessarily lots of people are going to flood to. Uh, I don't know if Southern California is that place. In fact, actually, I had a friend recently that worked there. I said, well, I can't get anybody to move here. And I looked at her saying, what are you talking about? Southern California. Uh, but you know, we all live in those kind of parts of the world where it's like, I'm not, we've got to develop leaders locally and culture is a huge part of that. So let's talk about that. How do you think about what are you doing to kind of push the culture forward at Heritage? So one of the main pieces that we started with was um, one, we, you know, we, we like to say food and fun. So mm-hmm. food and fun is a big part. Um, mm-hmm. If it's, if it's fun to go to work and if it's yes. fun to be at work and you like the people that you're around, um, a great chemistry is created. Yes. And so one of our big po- points in terms of developing our culture is chemistry. Mm. And when developing the chemistry, we actually use a lot of personality uh, mm-hmm. tests. So we give mm-hmm. people an awareness because we find that most people that come into the staff or are high level volunteers, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have an awareness of how God's made them. So mm. through spiritual gifts, through Myers-Briggs, through Enneagram, uh, through strength finders, we do mm-hmm. all of these different tests and help figure out because when we look at people at Heritage Church, we're looking at people as a way of, we're, we want to choose them. We're choosing mm. them mm-hmm. to, 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 to be part of the team. And then mm-hmm. we're going to develop the role around them. And oh, so part that. of that starts with awareness. Because if you have mm-hmm. an awareness, then it becomes just that you and I are different because of our personalities. Mm. We can still love each other. And the way that we love each other is by understanding the, 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 the challenges and the, the best parts of your personality and the most difficult parts of your personality and mm-hmm. loving you as that person and then trying to communicate at that level. And that's helped a lot, uh, especially mm-hmm. it seems like because a lot of what keeps springing up is generational challenges mm-hmm. is that then, you know, millennials and Gen Z is not Gen X and right. uh, baby boomers. It's just not. Right. Right. And Absolutely. so, if we focus it more to an awareness of we just have different personalities, doesn't right. matter what age we are, we have different personalities, then that really helps build a foundation of communication. 
I love that. Now, one of the things you referenced there is I think you referenced, I was counting, I think it was four different kind of personality assessments. I know all those aren't necessarily personality assessments, but like it's spiritual inventory, spiritual gifts inventory, Enneagram. I think you said Myers-Briggs. And what was the last one? There was another one. Strength finders. Strength finders, right. So uh, lots of churches would say they pick one, obviously, plus then spiritual gifts. Um, Why are you looking at multiples? What's What kind of advantage is that giving you as you as you help people understand their own personality and then also help the team understand each other? Well, they all have a little bit different. So some describe, this is my, this is my preferred, this is what fills, for instance, Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. uh, has to do with my, my preference. This is what fills me up. So whether mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert or an introvert, where do I get filled up? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I make decisions? When it comes mm-hmm. to strength finders, it's what are those innate strengths that I have? What are right. the things that, that, that drive me? What's part of my DNA that makes me go? Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to Enneagram, it's, the, it's, it's, it's like how your personality, how the world sees you. Mm-hmm. And so that really helps. Uh, and then with spiritual gifts, you know, if you've accepted Jesus, you're getting some spiritual gifts. So it's yes. one of those things where it's time to uh, really analyze those and see how did God make you. And everybody's unique and there's no bad personality types and mm-hmm. you need on the team. And it was interesting because one of the things that we just did with some of our young leaders was we took their strength finders. And mm-hmm. there's so many different strength finders and individually you have your top five. So mm-hmm. what we did is we took their top five and combined it with six mm-hmm. other top five of the other leaders. And it Love showed it. that there was almost no gaps in mm-hmm. all the strengths. And it was just showing that we're all parts of one body. Mm-hmm. And because we're all parts of one body, we need each other. Love and it. that's what makes great team. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. And again, for listeners that, you know that are listening in, this is a, a best practice we see time and again across so many churches. Is like picking a few or one or two, um, you know, these personality assessments, and then using them as an internal discussion tool consistently. And you'll find over time you get a clearer picture of like, oh, a role in that area needs this kind of person, or people that are like this really thrive in that area. One of the things you said there, I'd love to loop back on. You talked about. Um, which I, I've I've literally never heard anyone say. Which I'm like, oh, we need to learn, talk more about that. It is that we can see kind of the generational differences, and I think a lot of times we maybe even overplay some of those generational differences. I love the idea of saying, hey, let's let's not focus on that. I think is what I hear you saying. Let's not necessarily yes. focus on that. Let's talk about personality. To pull unpack that a little bit more. Help us understand how that's helped you as you've tried to build a cross generational team. Yeah, because sometimes people that are coming in, um, you know. The, the future is the, the, the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so you need the experience of the previous generation to be able to influence the future of the next generation. Cause the next generation has new ideas, yeah. new excitement and our target moves. Mm-hmm. So at heritage church, our target is a, uh, a 35 year old male and his family mm-hmm. uh, far from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying to reach them. So we're mm-hmm. trying to do whatever we can to reach that target. And in that, that means we're going to get somewhere, you know, from, the high twenties to the low forties in terms of people. And if we focus in on that target, that means that we constantly got to keep bringing in our target as part of us developing our systems. Mm. And what happens though, is that, you know, because there's such a big difference generationally Mm -hmm. uh, between from the boomers to the millennials, uh, even though they're a lot similar than people may think um, (laughs) we look at the personalities of going, Hey, we're all made unique. Yes. And it doesn't mean, you know, cause your, your generation just shows how much experience you have, right. but God's made you a unique way. So we all are part of one team. And if mm. I can help guide them to understanding the benefits of a team 
mm-hmm. the benefits of, of learning from one another and the benefits of being part of that team and being uh, able to understand, wow, you know, this guy, he's, he's, you know, he's in his sixties, but he's seen everything under the sun. And mm-hmm. as a cares pastor, you know, as a youth pastor, I can learn from that cares pastor because right. there's nothing he hasn't seen. So yes. I want to, I want, yes. I want that youth pastor every time he's got a parent issue to go talk to that cares pastor and seek out his advice. Mm-hmm. And that really helps because if you build that trust mm-hmm. and it starts by spanning the gap, because otherwise it's just really easy to blame. It's really easy to go, Oh, well, they don't work because they're, you know, Gen Z and they don't, they don't, they don't understand <laughs> sure. because they're boomers. It's new. You know, they don't get sure. technology. You need everybody because you yes. have lots of different parts of one body. So by focusing on personality, it takes the age thing totally out of the perspective and focuses clear on personality. And then it's creating awareness because mm-hmm. we can all be the best versions of ourselves mm-hmm. or the worst versions of ourselves. Right. And so my role as an executive pastor is to make sure that every single member of my team uh, is the best version of who they are. Love it. I, I love that. I think that's such a great, fresh perspective. And I think super helpful for us as we try to build cross-generational teams. I, I'm classic Gen X, 1974, bottom of the boom or the bust. So there was like the boom and then the bust is literally the lowest birth rate. So unlike, I feel like millennials and boomers and Gen Z, Z people, they don't like being identified as their generation. I love it when people remember Gen X people, because I'm always like, I feel like yeah, we always get this. I'm like, oh, remember us? We're like still around we're there it's because we're Um, so we're so righteously independent that's the deal (laughs) (laughs) so true that's great um so when you think about your staff culture a big part of that's training and kind of keeping in front of them and keeping this out in in front of them what does that look like for your team how what are some of those rhythms some of those patterns what has worked well how are you kind of ensuring that you're continuing to train your people yeah so we focus we focus a lot on our staff values Mm-hmm. So we feel like if we ingrain values and philosophy uh, into people, then they'll develop our DNA. And mm-hmm. that develops a, a communication language. Mm-hmm. So for instance, one of our uh, staff values is uh, own the mission. Mm-hmm. So own the mission. Mm-hmm. And if we're all, if just understanding that is understanding that we're all rowing the boat in this direction. Right. If you can't get on board with this mission, then you can't be in this boat because mm-hmm. you're, you're, going, you're going in a different direction. And then another thing we would say is, is we love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so a staff value of ours is to love each other. And that's just caring enough to understand that people are different and then make it better. Mm-hmm. We're always improving. So that, that means that when we're going to go into a meeting, we're going to give you a kind compliment and say, hey, this was good. This is what you did well. But most of the meeting is going to be about making it better mm-hmm. because we want to. So we're going to celebrate and encourage but it also gives the thing say, no, 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 at Heritage Church, we make it better. So this mm-hmm. criticism is not a criticism on you personally. It's a mm-hmm. criticism on us. It's a critique of us trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to encourage them to lead boldly. Like I always tell the mm-hmm. younger leaders, I'm like, listen, I want, I want, like, I, I got one guy's name's KB and mm-hmm. he's just always a go-getter and I'll have yep. him and he'll, I said, I want a KB shaped hole in the wall, you know, <laughs> just, just go. <laughs> Go and for it. I'll tell you, if, if, if you don't, if you mess up and it's bad, I'll say, listen, that was bad. Don't do that again. Yeah. You know? and <laughs> yes. <it's>, yes. <laughs> and then we'll say, we want to live wisely. Yep. Live wisely. Okay. You know, we want to walk, walk like Jesus walks and we want to live wisely. Hmm. And so I love that. We develop those staff values and that helps lead to our DNA. 
Yeah, that's good. So now are you um, just in like a kind of even nitty gritty nuts and bolts, uh, totally see how even in coaching, you gave some great kind of examples there, coaching examples. Are you doing like regular staff meetings? Are you, what does that process look like on the training side? How does that integrate with maybe even your staff goals for the year? Is Mm -hmm. there like, does that fit into the evaluation process? Just kind of unpack it, maybe one layer deeper. How How do those values kind of how do you communicate them, keep them in front of people, um, you know, in, ensure that we're continuing to kind of turn that over in their souls consistently? What's that look like? So, yeah, so we, we uh, have staff meetings um, once every two weeks. So usually twice a month. And um, we'll have, you know, oftentimes we'll have like lunch at one and dessert at another or lunch and mm-hmm. dessert. And there's always some essence of a, a leadership lesson in some way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at certain times of the year, like in the beginning of the year, usually in January, I'll do a staff meeting every single week. We'll have lunch every single week and I will talk through all of the staff values and we'll do that once a year. And then we'll come in and we'll start developing some of the phrases and the the, the slogans that we have that, you know, like for instance, we'll say, you know, Hey guys, today we're going to talk about, we're going to um, make our decisions on those we can reach not those we can keep. Mm. And when we talk about that and unpack it, it says, this is how we make our decisions. And then, or we'll say, we're going to capture people's attention long enough to capture their hearts for Jesus. Mm, and we'll good. teach on that. Uh, and then with our, we have an intern program and in mm-hmm. our intern program, uh, they got an intensive over the summer and every single week they're getting a lesson that boils into our philosophy. So mm-hmm. what is our ministry philosophy? And then also moving into the staff values and some of these phrases, because these phrases help develop that DNA and that's what we're trying to grow. Mm-hmm. And then, and at the same time, we also have constant, I call it on the spot coaching okay, uh, yep. for just building professional skills Yep. because with young leaders, you want to, you want them to come and, and intern or be a part of mm-hmm. the church right out of high school, or even as they're making that transition and doing it in the summer, I always say we want to build on the spot professional skills. So mm. just in the heat of the moment, if you see something, help them develop because this might be their first job. Right. Right. And they don't naturally have professional skills. You know, they mm-hmm. only know what they know. Mm-hmm. And we do that as well. Love it. So good. Now, one of the things I picked up just as we've been talking here is, and early on, you re- you referred to staff and, you know, I think you said senior vo- or high level volunteers or like, you know, senior volunteers or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I hear about interns. And so there's, there's a lot going on here, uh, you know, and kind of when we think about stratifying, this seems to me to kind of lean towards that leadership pipeline stuff. How does all that fit together? Get, kind of talk us through how you're moving folks kind of up through this pipeline. I think a lot of times in a lot of churches, we draw a pretty hard line between there's staff and then there's volunteers, but you've stratified this. You've got lots of other kind of steps yeah. along that way. Help us understand that. Yeah. So we don't, so at Heritage, the way that we've developed um, our culture is that if you're willing to take on job responsibilities mm-hmm. and be part of the key meetings for those, then your staff, yep. some staff are paid, some staff are unpaid just unpaid mm-hmm. volunteers. Mm-hmm. And if, if they're willing to say, Hey, you know what? I like, I have a chaplain in residence. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an unpaid staff member, but he's a staff member. He even submits his time to me when he wants to take vacation. So no, it's, he's, he's, <laughs> but we don't, I don't, cause we don't treat him any different. Right. Everybody's a member of the team. And mm-hmm. as a member of the team, you know, if you have job responsibilities, those are your metrics. So mm-hmm. we hold everybody to metrics. So mm-hmm. it's not whenever we have a discussion, when it comes to job performance, it's mm-hmm. how are you doing on your metrics? And that takes the 
personal part away. So mm-hmm. we say, listen, you know, for our, for instance, for our, um, our person in charge of kids, mm-hmm. you know, we want kids to be 19% of the total, you know, attendance. We want it to be kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we'll say, how are you growing kids? How are your first time guests? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you growing with families? How many have been baptized? How many have you led to Jesus? You know, we mm-hmm. walk through those metrics and those metrics become our evaluation tools. And then one of those main metrics is how are you developing teams? So Love we it. keep that idea of guiding people in. And what will happen is you'll see intro spots. So I encourage every ministry to mm-hmm. have ground level, level one roles, mm-hmm. you know, easy mm-hmm. roles, you know, greeter at the door, um, mm-hmm. you know, then move up to be, I'm, I'm going to usher them to their seat, then move up to be, I'm going to be a guest services volunteer that's, that's answering questions about the ministry moving that to being, Hey, I'm going to be an office volunteer. And then all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is a lead volunteer who is now, you know, guiding a whole team of people. And we just mm-hmm. want to keep developing. So we, we walk them through one, our spiritual pathway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a, 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 we're, we're a purpose-driven church. So we go mm-hmm. through, you know, one on one, two one, three one, and four on one basis. You run the basis. That's what we do. <laughs> we yes. run the bases. And then after that, we tend to see when we hit that 301, we tend to grab that, 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 that group. And those are the people that come in and take those leadership roles. At the same time, we stay embedded in our high school and our uh, young adults ministry. And that's where a lot of these interns are developed and we work hard to build them in, make them. We will talk about it a lot is, Hey, have them come into the office area, have them be a part mm-hmm. have them, have mm-hmm. them understand that, you know, Jeff is the same guy on stage that he is, sitting in his office, you know, mm-hmm. it's no different mm-hmm. where we are very, um, real and authentic, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. And I love again, for listeners to just to underline, um, you, and this is a part of what I love about, uh, you know, about you, Chad, and just even the way you're talking there, you talk very, um, like matter of factly about even the, you know, volunteer staff who are giving at a high level, you know, people talking about, you know, volunteers submitting, uh, Hey, I want to go on vacation, uh, or, you know, actually driving towards metrics. This is possible friends. We've seen this time and again, um, in growing churches that are making an impact. It's how do we call, uh, you know, volunteers to a higher level. We did a whole episode with Jeremy Jernigan last year from abundant life, just on this volunteer staff issue. This is a thing we all need to be really wrestling with. I know in our church, it's been, a huge, it's been a game changer, um, having, uh, volunteers who are willing to give even 15, 20 hours a week to push the ministry forward makes a huge difference. Uh, love that. So, so fantastic. Now, early on, you talked about food and fun. Uh, I'd love to hear more about that. You know, we're, we're tell us about what does that look like? How I think lots of us, uh, would say, we hope that our, our staff cultures are fun. We hope that our leadership cultures are fun. How are you ensuring that that actually happens, uh, at your church? Well, what, one of the things is we tie into, we try to do one fun, you know, team experience, uh, every quarter. Oh, wow. Um, and it's been great. very difficult over the pandemic. It's been very, yes. very tough. But like, <laughs> yeah. for instance, there's only we so at, much you can do in zoom. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, for instance, we were in, we were in the, um, uh, we were doing a zoom call and I had all the mm-hmm. staff on there and mm-hmm. they're all looking and I'm seeing them and I'm actually getting teared up because I haven't seen them. Right. And you know, we, that day I just said, Hey, guess what? Everybody gets a Grubhub you know, $25 nice. gift card. And we just sent them all that right, right into their email. It was like a supply yeah. because one of the things that we like to do for fun is we wanted to like people. 
Yes. So we not only want to delight the guests that come to Heritage Church, but we want to delight our teams. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, Jeff and I have a fond passion for is food. We navigate mm. the world by food. And so <laughs> sure. we actually have in our office area, we created, um, we did a, a campaign and, and redid our kids' spaces, redid our youth spaces, and then added an office wing. And in the office wow. wing, we have an area called the commons area. Mm-hmm. And it's a spot where we have uh, a ping pong table, a billiards mm-hmm. table. We have uh, just an area that people can all, we can all gather together for staff meeting. And right outside of there is a grill. So oh, one of the wow. biggest things that we do is we'll grill for the team. And Jeff oh, and I both it. love to grill. And what it does is it shows, and it's one of the first things we do for, like we did it for our interns. When the interns start off, kick out their semester, we made them our special cheeseburger of champions and <laughs> we gave them a cheeseburger and love it. served them. And it turns out that people at every level love when they're thought about yes. and cared for. Yes. And we're seeing that done on the highest leader. So your, your highest level leaders taking a role as a servant and serving oh, your teams, oh, that changes massive. the, that, that is a culture setting wave. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and in so many churches, particularly a church of your size, it's growing. You know, you guys have a lot to be doing in life, and your team knows that. The fact mm-hmm. that they would see you stop, put on an apron, hey, let's grill up some burgers, the, the burger of champions, uh, that just, you, you know, you can talk about being a, you know, a serving church. You can talk about being the kind of people, hey, we love you and care for you, but that'll just burn in people's brains of like, oh yeah, then I saw Jeff actually grilling a burger for me, which is mm-hmm. uh, just love it. That's uh, that's fantastic. So, so good. Um, so I, an interesting thing. So I don't know your church that well. I've just been following kind of as we've been getting ready for this, uh, you know, this interview. And there's there's an interesting disconnect. I hopefully our relationship can sustain this question. Your name is Heritage Church. And so if I thought of Heritage Church, I would be like, I don't know. That seems like a maybe a pretty state organization, pretty, you know, like but, but you but you're not at all. You're like, you know, you're uh progressive no. and yes. um, you know, like doing all kinds of great stuff. Have you ever thought about rebranding? Uh, hopefully our, 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 uh, you know, our relationship can sustain that question. Yes. No, we've, we, <laughs> we've worked really hard at trying to make, you know, just as we're branding, you yes. know, it's just one of those things that once you, once you, once you start to maintain a name recognition, yes. um, you know, so Way back when they chose, it was it was funny because we actually have a video that shows a lot of the founders, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't know Heritage where it came from." You know, it wasn't the name I chose, oh. <laughs> and it was like, "Wow, guys, not sure who gets blamed for it." it. <laughs> yeah, but um, for us, you know, what we did is uh, our brand is a, 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 a kind of a, a diagonal cross with an HC, yep. and on our building, the front of our building, we're in a commercial retail center. Mm-hmm. And we're in an old movie theater. It's an old AMC movie theater. Mm. And I actually have a 44 foot tall cross on a diagonal with okay. a big HC that glows yes. so you can see it from across the street. Love and it. we just want to be this place where it was funny because when the city was talking to us, they're like, you know, that seems real. That's a big sign. We're like, hey, that's not a sign. That's our steeple. And I said, just because oh, our steeple nice. isn't your grandma's steeple doesn't mean it's not a steeple because yes. branding is so important. So um, for us, Heritage has been in the community now for a long time and yeah, uh, we want to keep our name going. And yes, it does sound stodgy and boring at times, 
But then, the <laughs> which you're clearly can, not, which I think is yes. great. I think that's so great. We, that's so it's funny thing. because when people walk in, they're like, this is not what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> which is wonderful. Again, I, yes. uh, that to me as a, as an outsider looking in, I was like, I, I think there's a great kind there's a great um, dissonance that's created in that where oh. it's like, Oh, it's, Hey, this is a little different. This is, this grabs my attention. And so, yeah, I, I just love it. Chad, this has been a great conversation. Anything else you want to share just as we, uh, we begin to close up today's episode? Yeah, I would just, I want to just reemphasize rich, just, just, love your team, mm. love your staff, serve them. Mm-hmm. This has been a really hard year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And as uh, if you're a senior leader, the more that you can do to interact and coach them and care and give them eye contact and give them time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, I'm, I love to be the, I was, they laugh because I love to be the master of the 15 minute meeting. Mm-hmm. I want to have somebody come in. I want to tell them what that I need them to do. And then I want them to leave my office. Um, <laughs> and that's totally the wrong way to do it. Um, yeah. The best way is to have them be real with your team, mm-hmm. love them where they're at, mm-hmm. help them to be the best possible leader that they can be. Uh, and that's the greatest gift that you could be for them. And then also be open handed with them. Understand mm-hmm. that the people that are on your team, they're not your resources. They're God's resources. Mm. So when they, when God moves them to a different place or, or, or a different thing, like we always talk about it, we'll say that at Heritage, if our volunteers, if somebody that's, it's, that's a member in our church decides, you know what, we're going to leave Heritage Church, we're going to another church. Mm-hmm. I want the pastor of that church to be almost ashamed because that volunteer, that person that just came is the best giver, the best volunteer, the best attender, the best small group leader that they have. And because that is a compliment, that is a compliment to Heritage Church, because it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make people, you know, we want to make disciple makers, not just disciples. Mm Love it. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Chad, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for your generosity today. Uh, If people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online? Yeah, just go to heritagechurch.com. Perfect. Heritagechurch.com and you, you know, go right to the webpage and you can see, you can see our, our live stream. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we stream uh, our three services on the weekend, 9, 10, 30 and noon and um, get all kinds of information. And, you know, it's been interesting, the whole new online world. Um, you know, we've been, we've been shocked when all of a sudden now we've counted all 50 states that we've had somebody watch. Wow. Um, that's great. It's been a great thing. So yeah, check us out at heritagechurch.com. Perfect. Thanks so much, Chad. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks so much, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.